0: Welcome to Book World, The Great Escape. I'm author C.J. Peterson, and my co-host over here is author Michael Scott Clifton. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Joe Congel. Congel.
1: Congel. Congel. Yes.
0: <laughs> Congel. Yep. Thank you, Joe, for coming. Uh, before we get started, Mike, how was your week?
1: Uh, it's been better because the temperature is not 105 degrees anymore. It's mm-hmm. uh, falling below yes. 100, which feels cooler, even though it may still be in the 90s, and uh <laughs> But yeah, it's like uh, we've had some low temperatures in the 60s. It's after enduring what three weeks straight, maybe longer, of 100 degree temperatures, uh, 100 plus uh, degree temperatures. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's been since the beginning of June.
1: Right. right. It's but it's. I mean, yeah, it's like uh, like being in New York, Joe. With the, yeah. Uh, weather.
2: <laughs> but it's, it's been very refreshing <laughs> up here this week. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh, uh, especially compare, I'm sure compared to, to Texas. Yeah, uh, It's like a frying pan on a, on a, on a hot fire. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, excited that I have finished with my latest novel, Pringle Prawn, which is a fantasy yeah. uh, um, fantasy novel which um, is about fairies and it's my first novel that actually as a fairy is a main character. And I want to—I got to say, it's pretty good, I think. From critique group that uh, I've been part of for the last five or six years, I've got better feedback on, or the best feedback, I should say, on this book, pretty much more so than any other book that we've critiqued together down through the years. So really excited about it. Uh, And I hope to have it to the format of the publisher uh, next week. Uh, Only thing that's holding up the, the uh, uh, you know, like the pre-sale and the issuance of it is still got a few tweaks on the book cover, which by the way, is also awesome. It's a, a great book cover. I use uh, uh, a cover artist in Belgium, uh, Evelyn, and uh, she's done my previous three books covers, and she always does a fabulous job. And, um, and then next well, next weekend, We'll be at the Arkansas Comic Con Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It'll be one of the three-day cons. We go to. We've been to one to be the second three-day con. Most of the time, they're are two days. And that'll be in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the uh, uh, little at the State Convention Center there in in Little Rock. So, and that's always we've been going to it now for two or three years. It's always one of the best we go to. Just packed with people and good venue for authors, especially those that write fantasy. Hmm.
0: Definitely. Uh, Well, my book is coming out on September 5th, Tested by Fire. Um, It's where a fire marshal falls in love with an arsonist before he realizes she's the arsonist. So it's romantic suspense, kind of like what Macy writes. We got to interview last week. Um, So this was coming out September 5th. There's going to be giveaways, plenty of authors you get to kind of meet during the live book launch. Then on the 8th, there's going to be a Lone Star Book Blitz tour Mm -hmm. through the Lone Star Book bloggers. And there's going to be a giveaway with that. So you might have a chance to win it in those two options. And then on the 13th, I will be on Gary and beam's podcast, voice of Indy on the 13th at Mm -hmm. seven central time, eight o'clock Eastern time. So lots coming up and going on. I'm also going to be at anime, Oklahoma, that's going to be September 8th, 9th, and 10th, and then the following week, we're going to be at the Zoria Comic-Con in Lake Jackson, and that one's going to be the 16th and 17th, so we have a lot that's going on along with trying to move, so how are you doing today, sir? Uh,
2: Me? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> So, for those who don't know you, what do you write? Can you kind of give us a brief overview?
2: Okay, well, uh, primarily it's uh, mystery, PI, detective, uh, that kind of thing, that genre. Um, I have a series; uh, it's four books at this point. Uh, it's the Razman Mystery Crime Files uh, with uh, Tony Razzolito, who goes as the Razman, essentially, and um, he's just uh, one of those snarky PIs that likes to get things done uh, his way. Um, but, well, except for book one. Book one was really how he became a PI because he didn't start out that way. He was an out-of-work appliance salesman in the first book. And then his wife gets murdered, and he kind of learns the ropes, if you will, of becoming a PI um, by investigating his own wife's murder. And then when you get into book two through book four, uh, he's kind of advanced to that point where now he's that snarky PI. So, uh,
1: hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So do you write, do you write single books, Joe, or, or are they are, is it as uh, you mentioned a series, do you have right. standalone novels as well?
2: Well, these, these are, these can all be read as a standalone, but they're, okay. they're connected, you know, as a series. Um, other than that, I, I've done uh, some short story collections, a couple of those, uh, but I haven't done an actual standalone novel that's just on its own i haven't done that it's just really primarily been the these novels that are all connected as a series so yeah
0: cool so what got you started in writing
2: well it, it it goes back really to about 1992 um i wanted to be well back when i was younger i wanted to be a cartoonist that's what i thought i was going to do i thought i was going to uh write and draw comic strips for a living. Um, and I did illustrate a book uh, for um, a, a, a friend of mine that wrote a book called House Training Your VCR back in 1992. And it was really a an accompaniment to a manual for a VCR to kind of help you from a humorous perspective, be able to figure out how to run your VCR back then. And he had asked me if I would do the cover art for it and if I would also do some spot cartoons throughout it. So I did that and got an opportunity to really kind of see what it took to be on a deadline, to actually, you know, work in that industry a little bit, you know, with that one uh, project. And we were just kind of talking and joking around after the fact. And I told him, I said, well, you know, maybe I should just try to write a book. You know, I think I I think I really enjoyed this. And he said, well, go ahead. And I said, well, I'll I'll give it a try. But I mean, I'm not going to certainly do, you know, anything that's nonfiction like he was doing. So I always liked mystery. I always liked reading, um, you know, mysteries. So I thought that would be what I would try my hand at. And I did. uh, But it took me until about 1995 to begin doing it. And then that first book, Dead is Forever, didn't really get finished until 2017. Uh, Life got in the way, you know, raising kids and doing a lot of other things and trying to make a living that actually paid the bills. So, um, you know, doing all that kind of took me out of that for a while. And then back in 2017, uh, I finally had the time, dusted it off and and, uh, finished it from that point. So um, it wasn't really originally my burning desire to write. I wanted to be a cartoonist and, and it kind of became my passion over time because I really found that I, I really preferred doing the writing than doing the drawing. So, so that's really where it came from, where I got started.
0: So how many books do you have though? Uh,
2: Well, four that are in the Razman series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got one that really kind of goes with that series, it's called the Razman Chronicles, and it's actually a, uh, a collection of three uh, smaller mysteries in one book. And then I've got a, a book that has just six um, different stories in it that are just kind of all put together. Um, well, they're not really two together, but they're they're all different within that book. And that's really it. And then I do have I'm a contributor to two other books. Uh, um, I was a member of the Wolfpack Authors. I'm a member of them. And we put out two anthologies a few years back, and I had a story in each one of those as well. And then I've got an upcoming book, uh, uh, which is out on September 18th, uh, which is part of the Magnolia Bluff series. And that's called Second Chances.
0: So, Very cool. Uh, So Matthew Cole says, hey, CJ, Mike, and Joe. So hi, Matthew.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. So we know that um, we've had a couple of the Magnolia Bluff authors come on. Uh, How does that work?
2: Well, for, for me, it, it it well, really for all of them, I guess, but for me personally, um, I went through and read every single one of the books up to, to my, you know, to mine, uh, which is on book 17, because I really wanted to make sure that I understood this little town, this, uh, this little town in the Texas Hill Country and what it was about mm-hmm. um, and, you know, get an idea of the characters and all the different people that kind of uh, live in Magnolia Bluff. Uh, because really what it comes down to is you can use any of the characters that are in the other stories you can't kill them off <laughs> you have to kill off your own characters <laughs> that, that would, yeah can't do that but, up, uh, that's
0: not gonna work for
2: me exactly because there's a few you wouldn't mind probably knocking off yeah.
0: but um they they go out the blaze of glory it'd be, it'd be a glorious duck it
2: would be fun yes but um and and then you know I, I put together my own characters that kind of uh, mingle with those those folks that are already in the town. So we visit you know Harry's coffee shop for instance you know the the uh, really good wood coffee shop. Um, my character is a retired New York City uh, narcotics officer uh, narcotics detective who uh, moves down to Magnolia Bluff. That's kind of how he gets involved there in the first place. And you know within a couple of days he's, he's already involved in a, uh, in a possible uh, drug ring kind of uh, situation down there. Uh, And the local cops who are really not uh, prepared for something like that really need his help. And they really kind of tap on his shoulder. He's very reluctant, doesn't really want to help them out. And that's kind of how that story goes from there.
0: Was he aware of Magnolia Buff's reputation before he No,
2: not before he gets there. He, he really kind of, uh, he just needed to get out of New York city and he needed to start over somewhere else, uh, which, you know, I don't want to give away a lot, but I mean, it talks about why he's doing that in, in the book. Mm-hmm. And he, he really kind of just puts, you know, kind of puts his finger on a map with his eyes closed and it happens to be Magnolia bluff, Texas. So that's where he went. And uh, he just wanted to be somewhere where he could while away the days fishing mm-hmm. and just, you know, relaxing and all that. And he kind of felt like this little uh, this little town in the Texas Hill country would be the place. Little did he know when yeah. he got there the <laughs> reputation of what happens really in that town. So
0: yeah, it's a scary town. I don't well, know why you're still
1: live there. <laughs> a lot of well, things going what's... on in that town.
2: Yeah, it's that's what we say. That. It's the only place. It's only place where the little population ticks backwards. You know, uh, uh. and so. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So fun. Joe, what are the, what are the, what would you say are the, uh, the main elements of a mystery? Particularly the P.I. and the kind of mysteries you all write. What, how would you define those? What are the main elements?
2: Well, I mean, you have to have um, what I refer to, I guess, as the event. You know, in, in my case, it's always been a murder so far. I don't know if it always will be. It doesn't necessarily have to be. But, um, you know, something's got to take take place. In my case, in my books, it's, it's always a murder. And that generally takes place uh, somewhere within that first chapter or two. Uh, it happens pretty quickly. Uh, and then it's a matter of, of really, you've got that whole, it's, it's almost like a three act setup, if you will. And then you've got the middle where they're really investigating the mystery. And then, you know, that last act where you've got the, the big reveal, um, where it all comes together and hopefully you got a couple of twists and surprises that, that people weren't expecting when they're trying to guess as they go along through that book with you. Um, and, and that's really what I've held to when I, when I've written mine, the only, the only one that really might bend from that a bit is that very first one, just because of how he got involved in that story, you know, from being an out-of-work appliance salesman to, you know, helping solve the crime, you know, of his wife's death. So, but but I really think that that's really what it comes down to. And you've got to have that, that event, whether it's a death or something, you know, that's missing or whatever it might be. And then that whole middle of the story where you're actually doing that investigative work so that you're kind of coming up with your clues and your red herrings are in there and everything else that you need to kind of throw the, the reader off a bit. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when you reveal it, so that um, hopefully it all comes together and, and ties everything up and, and is satisfying for the reader. Now that's do, all I look at it.
0: Do you use in your series, do you use like the last chapter or so to set up the next one?
2: Um, not. Not so much, really. I mean, they're they're all individual books where you can you can read it from beginning to end and not feel like you've got to read the next one. Uh, I'm hoping that you read the next one because um, you enjoy the characters. I mean, it's very character driven for me. Um, obviously, there's a plot which involves the you know the actual mystery, but the story itself for me is driven by the characters themselves. You know, uh, the interaction between the main uh, character uh, Tony Rosalito, who's you know the PI, his partner. Um, in, in that business and then the the friction between him and the the lead detective for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, which is where these books take place in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very, very character driven type of, of stories. And that i I believe is why you'll want to read the next one, because you really enjoy those characters and you want to spend some more time with them.
0: So how does yours differ from say other mystery API mysteries?
2: Well, I, I well for the ones that I write a lot, it's, it's it's similar as far as you know. You've got the 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 PI that's really kind of working the mystery and and a minor first person. Well, actually, I do a mix of first person and and a little bit of third person in there too. But um, I, I think really it's just there's less focus on the plot itself and and more focus on the on the characters that are really um really driving the whole storyline itself so there you've got the main mystery you've got the main death in my case uh, the murder and then all the different things flaws and all that 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 character goes through trying to to figure out what happened and why it happened so mm-hmm. and I think in in some other mysteries, uh, it, it's really focused on you know the the plot itself of what's going on and maybe you've got several different, Characters that are kind of helping move that story through, but my characters, you know, like Tony Resolito has a girlfriend and, and you see a lot of that, that interaction that's not really necessarily part of the, the, the mystery But it does help drive it because he does talk about that and he kind of counts on her to be his confidant uh, Mm. of who he wants to run things by and kind of get some ideas from her as to, um, you know, maybe where he needs to turn next if he's running against a brick wall. So I I think sometimes you don't find that in some of the other mysteries. It's just kind of straight through from beginning to end with with the plot driving it more than the character. Um, So I, I think it's probably the difference for me really is the fact that the characters really are the main the main, main focus for me in the, in the story.
0: So you get more. So in terms of like show versus tell. Yeah. When he's confiding in her, you get to see the deeper of exactly what he's thinking without him having to tell. Correct.
2: Correct. Because he'll, he'll talk to her regarding, um, you know, whatever it is that he's having trouble figuring out, and then she she's a, a special needs school teacher, so she her brain works a little bit differently than his does, and so she looks at these 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 uh, complicated issues that he's having a uh, little differently than he would, and she comes up with different angles than he would necessarily come up with as far as where he might want it to. Uh, To go next as far as who he might want to talk to who he might want to go seek out to find out what happened that day um maybe see things a little differently where maybe he's already blaming this person and she's kind of pulling back the reins on that saying well i don't know have you thought about this so she's really good at being that sounding board for him uh and then you also see their relationship throughout that as as that's happening so
1: so you have recurring characters
2: yes yeah definitely
1: yeah do you have you of course you know, like cj likes a, any characters fair game for killing off uh <laughs> i think so that of
0: uh, course where michael weatherly said no character is safe that's my right. <laughs> yeah.
2: right um you know so far in, in the first four books no i haven't done that you know because but but could i do that yes um if I was looking at a, an expendable character that could, the series could continue without that would be a main character, it would probably be uh, Tony's partner uh, in the PI business, um, Scott McHenry. Uh, Scott McHenry actually originally owned McHenry Investigative Services. Uh, Tony ended up uh, working for him, and then be, they became partners. But And, and Scott... Does you see him a lot throughout the course of the stories? Uh, but if if I needed to or wanted to eliminate somebody, he'd probably be the one that would would, would go and would and it, and it, you could still drive the the series forward after that.
0: Uh, Mambi says hi, and she's already read almost all my books, and she's she, she said, Yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> take him out often. She said, I've learned to never trust an author not to kill like, off a character.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess really what it comes down to is the only one that's that's not on the table would be Tony Resoluto himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I really, really enjoy uh the friction that I've I've created with him and Detective John Cahill, who's part you know, he's the the lead detective, like I said, for Charlotte Mecklenburg. And those two have a really great love-hate relationship, you know, and 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 I think that a lot of The story, um, as it moves forward, a lot of the fun, light moments are with those two, even though they're at each other's throats. So, so, uh, I probably wouldn't kill him off either. So,
0: comic relief, you got to have that in there,
2: (laughs) exactly. That and I've got one guy that's kind of a, a, uh, a wannabe mobster, and he's great comic relief, uh, Vinny Gabriano. He, uh, (laughs) <laughs> in in my re, in and any of the reviews that I get in those books, he's mentioned probably more often than any other side character that I have. Yeah, uh, he's he's a lot of fun, and he's a lot of fun to write. And as the books have gone on, he his role gets a little bit bigger because I'm listening to the audience. I mean, these guys want more Vinny in the story, so I've been putting Vinny more in the story. <laughs> so
0: I was going to you- ask you, how do you handle the reviews? I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. times I'll set aside some for those days where you don't feel yeah. like writing but yeah. it's like you actually i'm i'm all for constructive like you mentioned where they're saying they want more of Vinny. Yeah. i'm all for those kind of reviews
2: yeah i i don't mind any review i mean i, I love reading the reviews good bad or indifferent i, I want to read them um i want to know what folks are thinking you know and and some of it you got to take it with a grain of salt you know and some of them really i think are very constructive as far as maybe what they're you know what they would like to see or what they uh, think of the character what they think of me uh one of the th- one of the reviews uh, uh actually talked about the fact that i happened to mention i had them eating an awful lot in in one book and and that was pointed out that you got these guys eating all the time what's going on <laughs> you know so uh and I, I guess i did i just really didn't pay a lot of attention to it until it was pointed out that they were eating a lot so uh, it didn't really take away from anything but it i never really thought about it until it was pointed out in the review so um but overall I, i'll read the reviews i don't um agonize over one if it's not as good as i had hoped for or wanted it to be um mm-hmm. i find sometimes if it's a really low starred review there's probably not an actual written review to go along with it it's so right. i don't really know what right. happened right. you know and and that i can't i, I just have to dismiss that because i don't really know why it was starred that way so you know
0: Mumbi says joe so you're joe, okay. you're,
1: <laughs> yeah. joe yeah, in your evolution true. in your evolution as an author huh? um and you mentioned that you kind of started uh, back in the 90s, but you really didn't seriously begin writing until I think you said 2017. Correct. So, so what's what is what's changed from when you started to now? What have you learned that you wished you'd have known when you first started? Um,
2: how to construct the story better, I think, is a, for me, is a big one. Um, I'm, I'm more of a pantser than I'm an outliner, but I've been doing a little bit more kind of pregame outlining, if you will, lately just because I know it does make it a little bit easier. Uh, I, this, the characters still kind of drive the whole thing and it may go a different direction, but um, I found that I can get through the story more consistently if, if I've, uh, got a better idea written down somewhere as to what I, you know, what I'm, what I'm working on. So I think that was a big one because when I did that, that F- is forever. Th- it was just, all right, this is a good idea. Let me, let me put this in. And um, just some things that I guess help move the story better for me is what I learned most is um, to how to construct that and keep, keep that kind of connected as, as you go through each scene, um, how to end a, a chapter and how to begin another chapter, I think a little bit more, you know, it flows better now than it used to. Um, just just, I, just being better at it, I think, overall than what I was. I can definitely tell the difference as I'm reading each book, you know, and and the Magnolia Bluff book is probably the first one where I did any kind of an outline at all. And, and even that I didn't really outline, but I had an awful lot more notes than I ever did before, before I went into that book. So, so just <laughs> learning have- that. I'm sorry.
0: You said you kind of have to, better to keep the consistency. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Almost forced to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Mommy says sadly, our low review should have at least some constructive criticism.
1: Yeah.
0: And then John Watson Puppet shows his puppet channel. Says good afternoon. Good afternoon, okay. sir. Um. So yeah. No, you almost have to in that. So we have a few minutes left. If you could give somebody a piece of advice that wants to be a mystery author, what would you mm-hmm. tell them?
2: Uh, I would tell them to read other mysteries. I mean, that's really a big one. I think one of the things that helped me learn how to write a mystery was reading mysteries. Um, that to me is one of the biggest educations you can have when it comes to learning that, um, just reading about it, finding out how to, how to, how to construct that, that three act play, if you will, uh, to make that work, uh, in your own book is best to go back and read the classics, but read them all. I mean, I, I started reading Hardy Boys books, you know, when I was a kid, and you know, moved up to, you know, uh, you know some of the the, the the different authors that obviously are not Hardy Boys, but uh, just everything. And and I, I think that's really really most important thing you can do if you want to write a mystery is, is read mysteries, read and understand you know, how they're constructed, how they're put together, get an idea of, you know, why something is there. And and even if you're not sure at first, go back and find that red herring that you didn't realize it was until, until it became very obvious later on, see how that was put in there. So nonchalantly that you maybe didn't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just reading. Uh, I know I keep saying the word reading, but that's really what
0: it is. <laughs> for me. I, you know, I've been reading since Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah things so i mean they're for younger ones too there's yeah you're brown for your youngers there's hardy boys and nancy drew that are very well written so there's a lot out there to start with yes mystery is such a great genre i always try to guess the ending
2: yes i do that too I, i pride myself on if i actually guessed right you know it's like yes i got it but i'm actually sometimes even more excited when i don't because then i feel like wow This author really got me. You know, I went through this whole thing, and I still didn't know what it was, even though I thought it was. And that to me was really exciting. That I am more apt to probably buy that person's next book because of that reason. Yeah,
0: if I can't predict it, then that's a good author. And if I can't predict it all the way to the end, then yeah, that's another one I'm going to pick up again.
2: Yep, exactly.
0: Definitely. Um, So we have a few minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to add?
2: Uh, well, just uh, that. Uh, like I said, the Magnolia Bluff right now is on uh, that I have second chances is on pre-order. Uh, you can go to the Amazon, my Amazon page, and, and pre-order it right there. Um, it's a great deal at only ninety-nine cents in pre-order. So uh, mm-hmm. I would uh, recommend folks go do that.
0: <laughs> I do. I have, like I said I, before we started, I have all the Magnolia Bluffs, and I get them all like right at yeah consent thing. Uh, John Watson says, I remember Encyclopedia Brown. Dave yeah. Murray says, I read all of John Rasman's books. And he's a talented writer. <laughs> and Mambi says, same. I got a kick out of the twist I didn't see coming. I yeah. love, as the author, I love getting the messages of, I cannot believe you just did that.
2: Or, yeah. did
0: you really just do that? I yeah. love those messages.
2: Yep. No, I agree. I, I, it's, it's great because then you know what you were writing at the time and you were thinking, is this going to work? Worked. You know, because sometimes you don't know. I mean, you're in that room all by yourself, kind of crafting that 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 story, and and sometimes until it actually hits the world and, and people start to read it, you're not really a hundred percent sure. At least I'm not a hundred percent sure whether or not what I wrote is really going to work until other people start telling you that they enjoyed it or that it definitely worked. So, wow.
0: um, John. So, what about Hardy Boys? Yeah, we both mentioned Hardy Boys, Nancy yep. Drew. There's yep. all bunches of them that are yes. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If- you know, it, you can learn from a youngling how to write yeah. stories very well.
2: Absolutely. I agree. Um, I Now, for me, uh, Robert B. Parker is one of my my heroes, if you will. Yeah. You know, I love the Spencer series, for instance, and, and some other, you know, that he did. Uh, but he got me through some hard times when I was younger, too, you know, his books. And, and if I had to say who my character is probably most patterned after, it would have been Spencer. You know, not necessarily... Yeah. You wouldn't read mine and say, Oh, that's like Spencer. But for me, inside, I know that, you know, yeah. a lot of what I learned about writing Tony Resoluto came from reading Spencer. Mm-hmm.
1: So, My wife's a big Robert B. Parker fan. Yeah. She's read virtually all of his books. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. Really good yeah. stuff.
0: Well, and then there's even some T V shows, like some of them, if I can guess the pattern. Yeah. If- not really fun for me, but the ones that I can't guess, or you yes. know, there's tons and tons of PI and mystery shows that are out there that you can watch.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Research. Um, so thank you so much for coming on today, Joe. We really oh,
1: thank you. you and this was insight. great, I enjoyed it. Awesome,
0: thank
1: you, thank you, Joe. Uh, thank
0: you. Bye. Make sure to check out his books. You can find out about his blog, though. So go to his Amazon page to get his books, J O E. Last name, C O N G E L. You can go to his blog post, Joe Conjol.
1: Yep.
0: Stories.blogspot.com. Correct. See, I did actually pronounce it once, correct? You got it. That's <laughs> S.blogspot.com for those who are listening. Uh, make sure to look him up, check out his books. Next week, we're going to be talking about AI, the good, the bad, and the ugly and what does it mean for writing so in the meantime have a great week and we'll catch you guys next week same time same place bye